Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. I interview entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you get past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. This episode, along with the links and resources we mentioned, can be found at winnieanderson.com depression. You know, we have no problem talking about physical health issues. Someone asks how you're doing and you say, okay, except my back is hurting today, or I'm getting my knee replaced next week. But when we have an emotional or mental health issue, it's difficult to admit, and that can make it difficult to get help for, especially when you're an entrepreneur. It's no secret that depression can be a problem for entrepreneurs and publications including The Guardian, Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, Fortune, and Business Insider have written about it. I'll include links in the show notes to some of those articles. So when I saw my friend and colleague, Shanna Landolt, come clean about dealing with depression on Facebook, I was floored. I was impressed by her courage, but also blown away because I never suspected she wrestled with the same issue I've wrestled with my entire life. Shanna is a top recruiter and highly sought after media authority as a career and LinkedIn expert. She's been featured all across North America on NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, City TV, and CTV. She has authored six books and is a four-time number one international best-selling author. She works with authors to launch their books as number one bestsellers on Amazon. Entrepreneurs, organizations, and people interested in career advancement hire Shanna to create compelling LinkedIn profiles that get them found for their expertise. Organizations hire Shanna as a keynote at industry events to share how to create a personal brand in your business using social media and LinkedIn. Listen in as Shanna shares what led her to share her challenges with depression and the reaction it had, the scary thoughts and feelings that motivated her to get help, the strategies she uses to manage her business and her family when she has a depression flare-up, insight into how you can help someone with depression and how you can ask for and receive help yourself, and some business building tips that can help you grow your business in spite of mental or physical health issues that you might have. As always, listen in all the way to the end, where I'll share your reflection exercise and action step for this episode. Welcome, Shanna. I'm so glad you're here. Vinny, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Just thrilled to, to be able to cover this topic with you today, and, and you certainly are the picture of courage. So I want to jump right in here. What led you to make that confession? Um, it's it's interesting because it's, it's not the first time that I've mentioned having depression, but it's the first time that I really went out on Facebook and said, I deal with depression. And what prompted me was in Canada, there's a a telecommunications company called Bell, Bell Canada, and they have a support for mental health uh, where they have a day called Let's Talk. And it's where they're encouraging people to talk about their mental health issue. And so a bunch of people were posting on my Facebook uh, sort of feed. And and I said, you know what, I'm going to share that I have depression too. And I got a humongous response from people who, who just didn't know what I was dealing with. And it's not that I kept it secret per se, 
Uh, now, I didn't go out advertising it to my clients, but my family <laughs> knew, all of my friends knew. Um, I, I co-authored a book with Jack Canfield um, two years ago, and my chapter in the book, I wrote about my experience with depression. But for whatever reason, saying it on Facebook, all of a sudden, so many people came back and they said, I'm dealing with this too. And I think that that really is the most powerful part of finding the courage to admit that, you know, we have a struggle, whatever that struggle is, especially when what you struggle with or wrestle with is invisible to other people. Mm. And I think when I posted it, I think I put a a picture of me smiling and saying, this is what I look like when I'm depressed. Because (laughs) like you said, it would be invisible to other people because either I just wouldn't be public when I was dealing with it, or I would put on my best game face. Which is what we do. And, and sometimes that works. We, you know, we all know the power of smiling, you know, works with the brain to, to reduce that those feelings of sadness to, to get you to actually kind of create what you want. But I don't want to minimize this either. So let's, let's talk a little bit about how long you've been dealing with this. Can you kind of give us a a picture it's it's been lifelong would you say um, it hasn't actually um, okay so i i am probably the last person on earth that i ever thought would deal with depression now that was my point of view now if i look at it from a family point of view my mother has dealt with depression other family members have dealt with depression so i'm actually i actually statistically have a really high marker for somebody who would deal with depression But as far as I was concerned, that was something that I was just never going to have to deal with. At the time, I was leading transformational seminars for an organization called Landmark Education. So I was really out sharing about living the life you want, um, you know, how you are responsible, you know, for your actions and your thoughts are just thoughts. But what started to happen was at my thoughts kept getting progressively more and more and more and more negative. So didn't matter how much I spun a positive context on it, it just got darker and darker and darker. So for me, it first manifested itself. I, I believe it actually started after the birth of my first daughter, but where I realized that I really was dealing with with depression was after the birth of my second daughter, when I finally said, all right, something is wrong here. And I think I had full out postpartum depression. So did you try the usual, oh, I need to, like you were saying, I need to stop thinking about this. I'll think happy thoughts. And and that was no longer working effectively. I mean, it's not like you don't know how to do this if you're teaching at Landmark, right? As you right. say, that's what you're teaching other people. Yeah, and, and I was as highly trained as you could imagine in terms of creating positive context and being responsible for my life. But I started having uh, thoughts that were just so random. Like I, I, I kept having thoughts like, you'd be better off dead. And then with my um, daughter, who was a baby at the time, I would stand at the top of the staircase and all I could think of was dropping her. And of course, I'd never dropped her. That's not what I wanted, but I literally had that urge. And this will yeah. sound a little bit graphic, and I, I want you to remember I'm a mother who loves my children deeply, but I would walk through door frames, and my my mental impetus was to bash her head against the door frame. And then I started saying to people, I feel 
black all the time. I feel dark all the time. And the response was people said, no, you don't. And so I had to really fight against my community. You know, they said, listen, you know, you are, you know, that's just a thought. That's not who you are. You can create any context. And then finally, I, I had to say, wait a minute, this is a problem. So by the time I got to my doctor and sat down to talk to her, she just stopped and she looked at me and she said, you have a major severe depression. And when she said that, um, the experience was one for me of relief because I was wrestling with having these thoughts and conversations. And, you know, I'm a, a rational person. So having these impulses for me just didn't make sense. And so when she said I had depression, uh, and she explained that essentially what was happening was there was not enough of a chemical called serotonin in my brain to keep that happy feeling. I I really looked at it like, and I was very, it's interesting, Winnie, I was very conscious of the language that I chose. So, you know, taking all of my training from Landmark and, um, and personal transformation training, I didn't say I am depressed, like that would define me. I said, I have depression mm-hmm. and it's temporary. And, um, and I also, at the time when I shared with people, I said, listen, if this has happened to me, it, there must be some way I can use it as a contribution. So even then, when I was first diagnosed, I knew that along the journey, it would somehow make a difference for other people. That's great. You know, I, I know that people mean the best when they say things like, oh, you're not depressed, or oh, you can't be depressed, or oh, but you have so much going for you. I know they're trying, that they think that's going to trigger you to suddenly feel better. Well, why didn't I realize I have so much to be happy for? You know, but in actuality, that's not helping. It's almost like, uh, for me, it almost devalues my feelings and and what's going on in that moment for me. Do Mm. you feel that way sometimes? I think it it takes courage for somebody who has depression to admit it to somebody else. And, you know, I I would like to think that when people are genuinely trying to to communicate something, as opposed to just saying, I feel depressed today, like a, oh, I feel sad or I feel blah. But when somebody's saying, listen, I think I'm dealing with depression, that is an SOS, a cry for help, uh, you know, a a flag raised saying, I I need something here. So I didn't take it like it devalued me, but I really understood that they did not understand what I was going through. Like they didn't have a personal point of reference. And quite honestly, well, I could have compassion before for people who had depression until I went through it myself, I had no idea what a hell it was. And, and it really was a hell. It is. I would agree with you. It, it really is. So then let's talk about how this has impacted you professionally. Mm. And I know what a determined and successful person you are. How, how did it manifest itself through work? Did you find that it was also impacting you? I mean, obviously you got treatment and thank God, you know, you'd never followed through on an impulse to harm yourself or your daughter or your your other daughter. And this is not, you know, I just want to say we're not giving medical advice. We're talking about Shanna's experience and my experience. And if 
this is resonating with you and you feel you have depression, get help. There are so many people out there who can help you. Back to how did this then manifest itself in your work life and professional life and did it impact your business in some way? Uh, well, I would absolutely say yes, it did impact my business and I was still able to be successful through it. So I'll go back to the very beginning. When I when I first uh, was diagnosed with depression, I had sort of the options that people weigh of do I go with something natural or do I you know go and go on medication? At the time, what I decided was that in the, the world of uh, CNS or central nervous system drugs, there's been so much research. And my doctor said to me, she said, there is literally no reason for you to suffer. So while my, while my first inclination was to go with something natural, as a mother, I wanted to make sure that I did everything I possibly could to make sure that my children were safe, that I was there for them as a mother, and that my depression impacted my children as little as possible. So I decided to go on medication. And it took a while to find the right medication for me. And there have been times where the medication that I was on or the antidepressant that I was on just stopped working. So at the beginning, um, what I found was the medications that I wanted made me a little foggy. And I remember being in a meeting with a client and I work in executive search and I told her all about a particular candidate. And then she told me about bad experience that she had with that candidate. And then literally one day later, I pitched the same candidate to her. And I, I must have sounded like I wasn't listening to her or. And so at the time I, I sat back and I said, what do I do? And so I said, I, I, I reached out to her and I said, I wanted to apologize for mentioning this candidate a second time. And here's truthfully what I'm dealing with. I said, I have a, a medical condition that's temporary. I didn't say what it was at the time. Uh, and, and I said, my doctor put me on a new medication and it just made me a little brain foggy. And so I apologize. It wasn't that I wasn't listening to you. I was just dealing with something else. And she said, hey, that's me on a normal day. She had complete compassion <laughs> and we both laughed it off. The other thing I, I had to do, Winnie, was I really had to make hay while the sun shines. You know, like there, there were times where I just recognized that I was so depressed that it just was like lifting weights, you know, heavy, heavy weights to do anything. So I would just say, okay, I'm going to do important money generating work when I'm feeling better. And when I'm feeling lousy, I'll do the kind of work where I don't have to be in communication with people. And I'd have to, to make that, that judgment. But it, you know, the other thing that I would say, it's depression isn't just a, it doesn't just impact you. It impacts all sorts of things. So while I was dealing with depression at the same time, my marriage was deteriorating. And uh, my ex-husband had just an explosive temper. So he would get angry and that would trigger my depression. And it was just like this vicious circle. So it wasn't just dealing with depression. It was dealing with what eventually became the end of my marriage and the mess that happens, you know, in, in all of that. I remember there being times where I was so stressed out where I think I can't even answer email properly. Like where, you know, if you can imagine you have zero to a hundred and a hundred where you're just in the zone and doing great. There, there were many months where I felt like I was at five or 10%. But what I did was I kept taking enough actions consistently. So, you know, you never really found me a lot of people when they have depression will end up in their beds, 
you know, unable to get out of bed. I just didn't go that route. That wasn't my expression for me because I, you know, I realized that I had a family to provide for and and I was able to, it was probably a better way to say it. I was able to get out of bed, but it was, it, you know, it was a struggle, but it's, I guess yeah. it's one of those things where particularly when you're dealing with creating a brand, if you take enough actions over time, People don't necessarily, you know, they see the bigger picture. They don't necessarily see those small moments in between. I think that point is that just taking those little small steps, you don't need to make the big leap. Just keep focused on doing something to move yourself forward. And everyone's experience really is very different with this. And what works for some people doesn't work for others. And that only makes it more frustrating, I think, too. So I think you've given great information about what you've gone through and can help people then recognize, is this my experience? Is it now debilitating? Do I need help? Because I, I took medication, my depression, you know, it's been a lifelong struggle for as long as I can possibly remember. I was suicidal around eight or nine years old and for the first time and when I was in my accident in 1999 that was such a tremendous upheaval and I had so many other issues along with my brain injury I needed medication I didn't take it long but I took it and it helped me stay focused and it helped me feel better so I could then take those little actions that helped me continue to move forward which then fed itself into a, a, a positive self-efficacy is I, I felt better and I continue to move forward. So if you're listening to this and it's not resonating with you, but you have depression, know that that's okay too, mm-hmm. that you want to, you know, reach out to somebody, a healthcare professional, someone who can help guide you through the process. Yeah, I do, I do want to say too, that as, um, as I went through my journey, I also started to do some things that are in the realm of natural. I um, modified my diet significantly. So I reduced gluten, wheat, uh, sugar, dairy, and that made a big difference for me. I also went and saw an acupuncturist and that helped as well. And I, I, I would do things like go to the gym. And I go to the gym just because it puts those positive endorphins and it's less for me about, you know, how do I want my body to look and more about um, making sure that I, that I feel good. And, um, but probably the, the thing that I've done that has worked the most for me is um, when I put that post on Facebook, one of my friends and, and connections, um, Sherry and Shara is a quantum path and so, you know, she had said to me, you know, depression is something that you, people who suffer from depression, it could be fr- from an event that's happened in your life and has sort of gotten programmed into you. But she said it can also even happen when you're in the womb. And a lot of people suffer from depression. And the source of that depression is outside of them, but has somehow gotten connected into how their brain is wired. And so she literally does the work of deconnecting. Um, those connections. And I've worked with her for the last six weeks and it has been uh, unbelievably like, and immediately making a difference. So, wow, that's spectacular. That's Mm -hmm. really awesome. And so, so that's just another example of how each of us can experience this differently. Each of us, it, it comes from a different place but there's help out there 
Sometimes you can do it yourself. Sometimes you do need help. And sometimes you need medicine to help you. But the point is you're not alone. And, and help is out there and help's available. And, and you don't need to continue to struggle, wrestle, suffer, however you want to, to, you know, whatever word you want to use to define this. Can you talk then just a little bit about, and, and you've touched on this to a degree, how you've managed to build this successful business and actually then, you know, you've added new offerings onto your, your business as you've continued to grow. Is it just the little steps or are there other things that you've been doing as well that have helped you? Boy, um, it's little steps, but in terms of building other businesses, I think the, the best advice that I can say to people is surround yourself with other successful entrepreneurs who are doing things that you want to do. So there's different mastermind communities that I've been a part of. You know, sometimes there's programs that I've purchased and then, you know, gone down that path. But I, but I, in, in going through this journey with, with depression, it's also for me made, it's made me aware that life is fleeting. You know, I always thought my mental health would be phenomenal. So to, to deal with having a, an experience where uh, it wasn't or hasn't been, you know, really has shone a light on do things that you're passionate about, do things that you love, do things that give you joy. So I've been I've been following my intuition. The other thing, though, that it really highlighted for me was that my business in executive search was 100 um, percent dependent on me. So very much like a real estate agent, you go and you sell a house, you get a commission in executive search. You know, you go and you close a search, you get a commission. And what that didn't allow for was a breakdown in my health. So I became very aware of how important it was have different forms of income and residual income um, so that if something happened in my personal life or if something happened to my health, there would be a machine that was going and still earning money without me. So some of the directions that I've gone into and, and certainly the direction of creating a platform as a brand, which I did it, I started that while I was dealing with my depression. Um, I, I didn't have a personal brand platform before that. Really came with the realization of I am my brand. And uh, so I had to find ways to get on TV, find ways to get published, find ways to become a thought leader and get my voice out there so that inevitably um the courses that I create, the books that I launch are all associated with the success that I've had as a branding platform. That's that's a great bit of advice as well. I think that multiple streams of income is something that all of us need to look at so that we are creating a true business that's not solely dependent on our activity. That's that's fantastic. It can be trite but true. Yeah. Life is fleeting. It's, it's, it's short. It is. And it's precious. Right. So it, and, and I think that also that every, what you may perceive as a struggle, a challenge, an obstacle, it's there for a reason. If we can learn from it, then that becomes the positive, you know, flip side of that negative that we may be facing. And I think there's always a way to find a learning opportunity in every what seems to be negative. Right. Sure. One of the things that I pass on to people, if you're, and this is based on my experience, but people would say, you know, that I confided in that I was depressed. They would say, oh, do you want to talk? Well, when I was in those moments of my deepest, darkest depression, 
that was the last thing that I wanted to do. Like really what I wanted to do was to completely go inside, not talk, curl up under a blanket and just have no contact with people. What made the biggest difference for me was saying, I need your help. I don't, you know, the, the people to talk to for me weren't family members or friends. You know, it was professional people who wouldn't get stuck with my baggage about my depression. You know, and I, and I did go and speak yes. with a therapist and, and that was helpful. But what I really needed from my family and friends was like, take the kids for three hours, you know, or help me make some meals, like just to take the workload off. So that I could still feel like my my kids were taken care of. And I remember there was one time in particular where um, my ex-husband had, you know, had an explosive anger moment and I was not dealing well with my depression. And I, you know, ended up on the fetal position in my bed and I made two calls to both my best girlfriends. One, I said, you need to take my, please take them. She was like, there, there in five minutes. And then uh, to my next girlfriend, I said, I just need you to sit with me. And both of them instantly came over and there was nothing for them to say. There was nothing for them to do other than to help me in those ways. Those are great examples of how often it is that support that we need to be able to get something done or manage something and, and take that weight of responsibility off of us for this time period so we can work through whatever we're working through. So, yeah, it's not it's not always talk. And even in the recovery process, not everyone responds to talk therapy and and talk therapy isn't always what's right for you. So that's part of, I think, why talking to some professional to help you sort through what's going on and what kind of intervention is going to be best for you is important. But even having the courage to be able to pick up that phone and say to someone, I need help, that in itself is often an enormous leap to make because, you know, we're so bent on showing we're tough babes. We can do this, but sometimes we're not. Another thing that I did too that was helpful was other than my business, I, when I realized I was dealing with depression, I got myself uncommitted from everything else that wasn't, you know, specifically making sure my my children or my health or my business were taken care of. So I stopped being a seminar leader at Landmark Education, which was appropriate because I was dealing with depression. So that made sense. Right. And uh, and they were amazing with me about that experience. But I, I really looked at any other commitment that I had that was not integral to my business or or my family anything that was extra that didn't have to be done I just gave myself the freedom to you know not do that and then when I I mentioned I had postpartum depression well I went from being like a size five six you know to being like 210 pounds when I was pregnant and because all of this cortisol was going through my body you know I still haven't lost all of the weight and then I, I finally just, and, and I really looked at, I was afraid at one point of putting myself on TV because my body didn't look the way I wanted my body to look. And then I finally just went, I guess it can't be about my body. 
<laughs> you know, it's got to be about some message other than that. Yeah, but these are all parts of the parts of the journey. They they are, and it, and they can also then contribute to you know this cycle of getting trapped in. I can't pull out because everything I'm doing seems to make me feel worse and contribute to the negativity rather than the positivity. So, yeah, it, it can be, which is why sometimes you need help. You need help from other people because it can be so easy to feel trapped. Mm. It really can. And if and you have other issues, they get twisted up in there too. Yeah, and because I'm somebody that people, you know, people looked at me and said, you know, she's so together. She's so with it. She's so organized. She's so countable. And I really had to sit my family down one day and I just went, I am not dealing with things well. I need help. I need your I need your help. I need your involvement. And they just said, we didn't know. And meanwhile, I thought it was obvious to the world, but it wasn't. I have nothing to say that could possibly add to that. You've done such a tremendous job both professionally and today in sharing this this great story. I know this is important information for a lot of people, and I hope as many people as possible share this episode. So to take the stigma away from being able to say, I need help, and, and it's this issue. It's not that I have a broken arm or a broken foot. I have this internal problem, and I need help. But it's interesting. So one out of every five people at some point in their life is going to deal with um, a mental health issue. So it could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be a an eating disorder, it could be schizophrenia, but you know, people don't plan to end up this way, but one out of every five. So when you look at it like that, if you go into a networking room, 20% of people are dealing with depression, you know, or have dealt with depression. So I really am committed to creating a an environment where somebody has depression, it is no different than having a broken arm. It's like, oh, if somebody had a broken arm, you'd say, how can I help someone has depression? How can I help you? What burden can I take away from you? You know, just like you'd say, can I carry that for you if you had a broken arm? Yeah, and I, I think that that point is really great. How can I help you? Too often, I think that we, the person who wants to provide the help, wants to provide the help that we want to provide. But it's not about you. You know, my husband is is famous for this. He's an incredibly helpful person. And and whenever I need help, he wants to give it to me no matter where I am on my own journey. But he's, he's right there from taking out the trash and doing the dishes to anything else that, you know, he I need help with. But there are times when... He wants to do the help that he thinks needs to be done, and that's not really what's most helpful to me in that moment. Sometimes not talking to me is really what would be helpful, but (laughs) that's not going to be it. So I think that that's an important thing for us all to remember, that whenever we're looking to help anyone, we make it what would truly be helpful to them not what would make us feel like, oh, I helped that person today. And then that we, the person who needs the help, gets better at stating specifically what we need in that moment. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, really fantastic. Thank you so very much for taking the time to, to be with me today and for being you know, so completely honest and straight up about this incredibly big, powerful issue. I know that it made a difference for a lot of people. Good. I'm I'm glad that it made a difference. I, I believe it will too. Awesome. Well, I hope you found that helpful. 
I think Shannon is amazing. And as someone who's wrestled with depression my entire life and who is also a very private person, I know how hard it is to share this stuff. But I think sharing our stories is critical to help others realize they're not alone and that surviving and even thriving is possible. So if you like what you heard, I hope you'll leave a great rating, review, or comment on the platform where you're enjoying this, whether it's iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, or my website at winnieanderson.com depression. And please share it with your colleagues, clients, and connections, especially across your social media platforms. Be sure to join my community at winnieanderson.com, and I'll send you episodes as they come out, along with information, tips, and resources to help you break free from the chains of fears, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs, and break through to achieve your goals, including positioning and pre-selling yourself as a trusted solution provider for your clients. Okay, so your reflection exercise. Boy, there are lots of directions we can go in with this, but first is to reflect on your own emotional health. As solo professionals, owners of micro firms, and growing small businesses, it can be so easy to get caught up in the isolation that can come from the intense focus and dedication we have for our work. So I want you to reflect on and get in touch with your own emotional well-being and ask, are you taking care of yourself? Are you displaying signs of depression or some other type of issue that you could really use help dealing with? Shanna made a couple of fantastic points I want to emphasize and ask you to reflect on. First is this issue that was also talked about in the episode with Mike Michalowicz, so I'll put a link to that episode in this episode's show notes. That's the fact that as solo professionals, we can really set ourselves up to just have a glorified job working for our worst boss ever, ourselves. Shanna and Mike both talked about the importance of creating a model that allows for income to come in from other sources. So think through your business model and are you truly leveraging your time well, or are you caught in a cycle of get clients, do projects, get more clients, do more projects? The next point is this issue of micro steps to build your platform and your brand. Platform, of course, is this word that's used to refer to your audience and your message. Are you steadily growing your audience through the various online tools at your disposal? This is incredibly important from a financial standpoint and a wealth creation standpoint. Shanna is a great example of the power of micro steps. So ask yourself if you're effectively chipping away at your goals and moving towards achieving them, or do you keep pushing them off and telling yourself that you need to block out one whole weekend to work on your book or other big project? The late Joan Rivers wrote something like 13 books, and she did it by writing one hour every day. That's an example of the power of micro-movements. But even if you write for 15 minutes or 30 minutes, it's the micro-movement that is going to get you results. And the final thing to reflect on is the point Shanna made about being around like-minded, supportive entrepreneurs. This has been critical for my own recovery from depression and dealing with other emotional issues to building my business and platform. And as you grow, you'll find that you need people on your journey and you have to say goodbye to some who are either stuck on their path or who are taking a different route from you now. So reflect on who you're spending time with and are they helping you or holding you back? I know how easy it is to feel selfish because we want joy, abundance, and success for our friends and colleagues, but they walk their own path. And your action step. I want you to write down what you could use help with in your personal and professional life. Start asking those closest to you for that help. I want you to examine your work schedule and plans and look at what you never seem to make time for 
or what would truly move you forward, like creating a book or a course that could build that additional revenue stream Shanna mentioned, and commit to getting help with that. Take one action that will move you forward. If you'd like to get support to stay focused and achieve your goals, visit my website at winnieanderson.com achievers, where you can learn more about the Achievers Club, which consists of small groups of solo professionals and owners of micro firms, all focusing on reaching their goals, large and small, and supporting each other along the path of success. Thanks, and I'll catch up with you in a new episode soon. In the meantime, remember, don't let the past hijack your future.